This episode of the Lawn Care Business Success Podcast is brought to you by Jobber. Jobber is your business's command center. The easy-to-use app powers your sales, operations, and customer service all in one place. Go check them out at lawncarebusinesssuccess.com slash jobber to receive 20% off your first six months. You're listening to the Lawn Care Business Success Podcast, the weekly show sharing proven methods and systems in marketing, equipment, and customer service, educational and motivational, to help make your lawn care business an overwhelming success. Now here's your host, Julio Tomei. Welcome, Lawn Care Nation, to another episode of the Lawn Care Business Success Podcast. I'm your host, Julio Tomei, and this is episode number 206, entitled best free ways to market your lawn care business. Well, hello, everybody, and thanks again for joining me this week on another episode of the Lawn Care Business Success Podcast. Really appreciate you guys tuning in each and every week, and of course, for those questions, the comments, and the feedback that you guys have been uh, sending through. Uh, it's uh, very, very much appreciated, uh, like I always say, and especially for those uh, reviews on iTunes. Uh, I've always said uh, that it's uh, the single most important thing uh, that you guys can do for the podcast. It adds that social proof and just uh, lets people know that the podcast really is worth uh, listening to. So uh, absolutely uh, fantastic. And uh, we've had a couple of uh, new ones in the past uh, week or so. So uh, just uh, bear with me while I read uh, these uh, reviews off, uh, just so I can uh, acknowledge those who have uh, taken the time out uh, to leave reviews. So I'm not sure uh, exactly uh, which one I left off on the last uh, time that I read uh, podcast uh, reviews. Uh, so I'll just uh, start with this one here from uh, somebody uh, with the username of Balaki63, who gives it a five-star rating and says, awesome podcast, just discovered uh, this today and have I've listened to numerous episodes looking to start a service, uh, small service in a rural town. Uh, thanks for all the advice will definitely come into play. So thank you very much uh, to Balaki63 for leaving uh, that review. The next one comes from Wilbur23, uh, who uh, gives a five-star review as well, calls it uh, awesome, and says, uh, been listening for a while now. And uh, always enjoy the content. Spot on with many of the same challenges and obstacles faced. Great insight and suggestions provided. Highly recommend. Uh, and uh, that's uh, from Wilbur. So thank you very much, uh, Wilbur23, for uh, leaving that uh, review as well. Up next, uh, all the way from Australia, uh, is uh, Fitz. Uh, and gives, he gives a five-star review and says, keep it up. Uh, and says, uh, hi, I'm David from uh, Western Australia. I'm uh, just starting out and things are going surprisingly well. I particularly found the trailer episodes extremely handy as that's my next big purchase. Your knowledge is valuable. Thanks again. So thank you very much uh, to Fitz uh, all the way uh, from Australia for uh, leaving that review. So thank you very much uh, to those listeners for taking the time out and leaving uh, that all-important review on iTunes. Like I said, it's very much appreciated. Uh, if you'd like to uh, leave a review of your own, uh, if you find value in these episodes, you can head on over to lawncarebusinesssuccess.com forward slash reviews and uh, just click the uh, leave a review uh, link there. That'll take you uh, right to the iTunes page. Uh, and subsequently, if you're using an iOS device and you 
you have the podcast app and you're listening uh, to this podcast, you can just scroll down and there should be a uh, rate and review um, little section there uh, near the bottom of the page. So uh, thanks again for everyone who has left a review on iTunes. So before we move uh, any further along here in the episode, uh, I just wanted to um, do a general sort of apology as far as uh, the sound quality of these episodes in the summer. Uh, I am um, pre-recording a lot of these episodes. Uh, I am also recording them at uh, not the usual times that I would be recording them, just because of having um, my kids home uh, for a summer vacation, home from school. Uh, my wife home and uh, not having my usual, uh, you know, house to myself during uh, the times that I would normally record uh, these episodes. So uh, there may be some added noise uh, just from uh, situations. Uh, for example, uh, this particular episode, I was waiting uh, for a time to do it and uh, where the wife and uh, kids would uh, they were going to go and watch a movie and uh, so I figured you know I would hang back uh, so I could uh, you know have the house to myself and uh, record uh, some episodes uh, the issue though is this is in the evening and uh, there's a lot of neighbors around as well uh, who uh, are you know home from work and uh, busy doing uh, you know whatever uh, they do uh, so you might hear a pressure washing noise or I think I can hear a neighbor uh, using an impact gun to remove uh, some lug nuts off uh, their vehicle at the moment. Uh, so if there's any uh, noises and stuff that you hear, uh, it's because of that. It's because I'm uh, just trying to uh, make sure I stay consistent and uh, keep the episodes going uh, throughout the summer. The summer is, for me, the hardest time to record uh, the podcast because, like I said, uh, my family is around uh, for uh, the whole summer, uh, and uh, I don't have those opportunities, uh, you know, as much as I do uh, throughout the weekdays uh, when they're at school or at work, where I can just, uh, you know, uh, start work earlier, or sorry, start work later, and uh, record an episode in the morning when, uh, you know, everyone around, uh, including neighbors and stuff, uh, are usually all at work, and, uh, you know, it's uh, very, very quiet. Uh, so I just wanted to apologize in advance for that. If you do hear uh, some of the sound uh, quality issues. So for this week's Jobber Minute, uh, my question for Murray is, what is the best way to avoid uh, last minute cancellations? Julio, great question. I mean, we've all been there where we've been canceled on. And although it's inevitable, you can avoid this frustration of it all. And the best way to do this is to send appointment reminders before each visit. And Jobber makes this really, really easy with automated appointment reminders that you can customize and schedule ahead of time. So let's say you want to send an email one week before the visit, then maybe a text message the day before. No problem. Set it up in Jobber and it does it automatically. So you don't need to send reminders to yourself or sit down and write a new message every time. It's a great way to avoid those cancellations and really keep your customers happy and earning that repeat business. Wow, Marie, what a great feature for Jobber to have built in, uh, to be able to automatically schedule reminders uh, to be sent out to your clients is fantastic. I can see a whole bunch of uses for that, especially for uh, clients with dogs, uh, where you may want to send out a message each week uh, regularly to remind them that you're there the next day and to make sure that that 
all that animal waste is picked up uh, prior to your arrival. So I can just see a whole bunch of uh, absolute uh, awesome uses and scenarios where that would come in handy. So hey, Lawn Care Nation, if you want to find out more about Jobber and what Jobber can do for you and your lawn care business, head on over to lawncarebusinesssuccess.com forward slash Jobber and start a free trial and get 20% off your first six months. So I'm just going to play the podcast announcements and we'll get into this week's episode in its entirety right after this. So stay tuned. Hey guys, if you have any questions or comments about the show, I'd love to hear from you. You can head on over to lawncarebusinesssuccess.com forward slash contact. For you Instagram users out there, be sure to follow me at lawncarebusinesssuccess. And if you haven't checked out my videos yet, well, what are you waiting for? Be sure to subscribe to the Lawn Care Business Success YouTube channel. Now, I know you guys love listening to audio while you work as much as I do, so I've partnered up with Audible to offer you guys a free 30-day trial and two free audiobooks of your choice. There's no long-term commitments, and you can cancel any time. And get this, even if you cancel during your free trial period, you still get to keep the two free audiobooks. It's a great way to try the service and to see if Audible is right for you. So why not give it a try? Head on over to lawncarebusinesssuccess.com forward slash audible. Now back to the show. Okay, so last week's episode uh, came from a listener uh, using the SpeakPipe uh, voicemail app on uh, the LawnCareBusinessSuccess.com uh, website, and uh, I thought that was a pretty uh, good episode. It uh, turned out uh, really good. Uh, and this week's episode is another question from a viewer, uh, but not uh, from uh, the SpeakPipe. This was a, a question uh, that was sent to me throughout uh, direct message on Instagram and uh, this person uh, <clears throat> messaged me and uh, was uh, asking uh, and they go on to say, uh, hey, I uh, was wondering if I could ask you a question. I have a small business, uh, well, more like a side hustle. I want to go full time with it in uh, 2020 or 2021. Uh, here is the problem. I'm in the middle of a very messy divorce and it's taking all of my money. Uh, trying to figure out the best way to gain more clients without any marketing budget. I have a few high-end homes that I charge a premium so I can take my time and make it perfect, and I want to stay in this market. I found a high-end neighborhood that I want to get into, but uh, don't uh, know how to. Not sure if I should go door-to-door or uh, send writing letters. If you have any insight to this, uh, uh, you know it would be grateful. Uh, thank you uh, from Jeremy. Well, Jeremy, uh, first of all, uh, thank you uh, for sending your question. I'm uh, sorry to hear about uh, the messy divorce. And uh, although I've never, um, you know, been through a divorce myself, I know, uh, you know, family members and uh, other associates uh, and coworkers in, uh, you know, past jobs that I've worked in that uh, have uh, gone through the process. And uh, yes, it does look to be a very, uh, you know, a nasty, nasty situation and a very expensive situation. Situation um, and 
you know, from, uh, you know, an outsider looking in, um, I think the only ones that win, uh, in those situations are the lawyers. Uh, they just, uh, seem to be uh, pretty relentless, uh, when it comes, uh, to, uh, divorces and, uh, the fees and, uh, uh, charges, uh, that they, uh, you know, put upon people in those situations. Uh, so, uh, you know, my uh, heart goes out for you, uh, in that situation. Uh, but uh, nonetheless, uh, thanks for uh, sending the question uh, to me, uh, and uh, I'll do my best to uh, try to give you an answer that'll best serve you. So you're looking to uh, expand your business full-time in 2021. The good news there is that uh, you've got uh, quite a bit of time there. Uh, even uh, for uh, 2020, it's a good time if you're, you know, to start thinking about it now, to start thinking about uh, that uh, whole process. Um, I like that you're... Uh, already focused and targeted uh, on a specific uh, type of client that you want to service. You've already figured that part out. That can be um, a big challenge for a lot of people uh, figuring out whether what they want to do, either commercial or a non-commercial. They A lot of people, um, you know, uh, waste a lot of time with uh, things like 10-day cuts and bi-weekly cuts and, uh, you know, under uh, cutting jobs and underbidding and all that sort of stuff. Stuff. And it looks like you're, um, you know, going after sort of the cream of the crop uh, as far as uh, customers go right uh, from the get go uh, and not wasting uh, any time uh, with, uh, you know, any of those other types of uh, customers. Uh, so that uh, right there uh, is a uh, you know, pretty neat to see uh, somebody just starting out, especially somebody that's just doing it as a side hustle uh, in the beginning to already have that uh, targeted focus. Uh, so that part is uh, pretty awesome. Now, as far as uh, marketing um, without a budget, this can be pretty difficult. So I'm going to talk about um, what has worked best for me. I will uh, try to uh, include, um, you know, those types of uh, marketings that uh, were absolutely free. Uh, I will also include uh, the one essential marketing that isn't free, but, um, you know, you can get uh, fairly cheap. Um, and then uh, we'll go from there. So I'm going to start off with that one first. Uh, the marketing that uh, is not uh, free that does require a little bit of marketing dollars. Well, it can require a lot of marketing dollars depending on uh, what sort of limit or uh, what you want to take it to. And that is your website. I think it's imperative uh, to have a website. It just has, uh, it's a great place for people to find out about you. Um, it's a spot that you own that you completely control. Um, so you can have uh, all of your policies and all that sort of stuff. It will show up to everybody who searches for it. Um, as far as, you know, typing in your company's, uh, you know, website address, they're going to get it. It's not something like, um, you know, uh, say a Facebook page, which is also good too. It's, that's something that I would uh, absolutely recommend as well, but it's not like a Facebook page or something like that, that, uh, you have somebody else, some company, um, you know, controlling, uh, in that respect that, uh, you know, it's, uh, well known that, uh, those types of sites, things, uh, even, um, you know, YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, all that sort of stuff, 
rely a lot on their own algorithms and, uh, you know, pushing content and things that they think um, will uh, lead to the most uh, amount of time that people are going to spend on their platforms and to be able to push ads and stuff too. Uh, and uh, so, you know, following, um, I remember, for example, uh, when I first joined Facebook years and years ago, um, you know, whoever I would, um, you know, follow on uh, Facebook was who I would see. I would see all of their content. I would see when they would put a photo up. Uh, and that's how I liked it. And that's what um, I expected. And, you know, over time, uh, you know, Facebook and these other, uh, Instagram and all this stuff, they started to change the way that that sort of stuff worked. And just because you follow somebody now doesn't mean you're going to see, um, all of their stuff. Uh, and a lot of times, um, you know, you can go months and months without seeing uh, anything. I've, I know that there's been people that, uh, um, or sites or things like that, that I would follow. And I wouldn't see any action from for months. And it was because I wasn't interacting with that content. So those platforms like Instagram and Facebook and stuff will start to think, well, you know, you're not interested in that person's stuff because you're not interacting. You're not commenting. You're not, you know, uh, liking. You're not uh, all that sort of stuff of their their pages, their content. Um, so we're going to stop serving it to you. And, uh, you know, we're going to serve you some other stuff, even though you've clicked that follow button. So, you know, that's uh, one of those things you have to watch out for, where as with a uh, web uh, site, it's going to show up uh, for anybody who searches for it. And, you know, it's going to be there for as long as you want it to be there. And no um, company or anything like that is going to, you know, make some random changes uh, to their algorithm and, and things like that that are going to affect uh, your website uh, or, you know, how uh, it shows up or anything like that. So that, I think, is absolutely imperative. Like I said, it's it's a great place to redirect people. It's a natural, um, you know, sort of... Uh, procession when people are looking for a company to then search for, uh, you know, a website and stuff. If they come up on, uh, say Google or even on Facebook and things like that to go to the company website, to get more information, to see, um, you know, uh, where that, uh, company is and uh, just to get more information. The other neat thing that I like about a website is that, um, it's the one place where you can compete um, with the big boys, so to speak. Uh, it's all just, you know, <laughs> uh, you know, binary, uh, digital data. It's all ones and zeros. And, you know, if you were to, say, open up a store, a, a brick and mortar type store, and you wanted to compete against a Walmart or something like that, um, it would be next to uh, impossible for a startup uh, to compete against a giant retailer like that. But online, um, you know, your online presence, your website can look just as nice as, you know, some big uh, company. Uh, so I think it's imperative to have a website. Uh, and, uh, you know, uh, most of my clients uh, and customers and, uh, you know, things that I do as far as uh, gathering customer information for free estimates, I have uh, my website set up with uh, some free plugins 
uh, you know, one of them called the Jot Form that I've talked about. I've done videos about uh, that. Uh, you know, just uh, make it very easy. It's like having a secretary uh, that's working uh, or a call center that's working on my uh, website uh, 24-7 uh, where, uh, you know, people visit my website uh, and uh, they will leave information. There's a, you know, request a free estimate. And in that uh, free estimate form, people leave their uh, information. Uh, they give me permission to come onto their property. They answer uh, basic questions like if they have have a, uh, you know, any pets or dogs, uh, if their gates are locked or unlocked. And like I said, just basically giving me uh, permission to come onto their property and have a look at it to be able to quote. Uh, so this is a fantastic thing because it's basically having a system in place, having uh, automation in place to save me from those sort of uh, uh, time wasted tasks of having to uh, gather customer information, having to um, talk to customers, especially if you're a single owner operator, you're a one man show, uh, wasting a lot of time on the phone, uh, and not, uh, actually getting paid for that stuff, right? Getting paid, uh, you get paid for the time that you're actually working the time that you're actually doing the mowing and the pruning and all those sorts of things. When you're sitting on the phone, talking to a customer or you're, uh, you know, doing quotes and things like that. Um, you know, you're not really getting paid for that time. You have to sort of factor that in to your overall, uh, pricing strategy. But, um, you know, that section isn't, you know, where you're going to make the most money. Uh, so having systems in place, uh, and, uh, to do things like that is a fantastic way to minimize uh, those costs. And that website, uh, you know, having your own website, uh, allows you to do things like that. So I would say if you're going to spend money on anything to uh, invest it in your own website, uh, first and foremost. So next, uh, let's talk about, um, those, uh, free types of things that you can do uh, to market your business. Uh, so depending on where you live, uh, there's a lot of different strategies uh, that I would use uh, for targeting those um, areas. If you're uh, looking for a specific neighborhood, the first thing that I would do, uh, is look uh, and check, uh, those sites like Facebook and see if they have any, uh, group, uh, pages on that specific neighborhood. I know a lot of neighborhoods do, uh, my own neighborhood does, uh, there's neighborhoods uh, everywhere that have, um, their own, um, Facebook page or group page where neighbors in that, uh, you know, area can share information, whether it's, uh, crime watch, uh, or uh, things for sale. Uh, there's a lot of, uh, you know, I've seen tons of uh, people asking, um, for lawn care companies and things like that, or who's a good lawn care company in the area. And you hear the stories going back and forth, uh, in those, uh, comments, uh, on those Facebook groups of, uh, different companies, uh, good and bad. Uh, so that is one, a very specific way 
that you can target uh, that particular neighborhood is to check uh, on Facebook, see if there is a group page for that specific neighborhood or the neighbor other neighborhoods that you want to service and uh, try to uh, join those groups and, uh, you know, uh, read the rules on those groups. Each one of them is going to be different set up by whoever, you know, set up those pages as far as uh, what the rules are, as far as, you know, advertising businesses and things like that. And, uh, you know, I would look at it that way. Now, having a simple, um, you know, say a picture or something of a lawn mowing you've done, maybe you're mower in the background, maybe your trailer in the background, um, and, uh, you know, having some text overlaid, you know, with, you know, lawn care starting at blah, 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 and then post that into that group. Um, and, uh, you know, see, uh, what your reaction is, or if people are interested, you have your, uh, you know, direct, uh, you know, have your website address, things like that. Basically like a little mini uh, flyer all in that one little picture, uh, where you can, uh, you know, just have some basic information, um, you know, maybe, you know, what your price to start at and, uh, you know, uh, or that you're servicing that neighborhood or whatever, uh, you're doing for that, uh, maybe time of year, uh, maybe it's, um, uh, you know, in certain areas, they do pine straw install. So maybe it's, you know, it's time for a pine straw or something like that, or, um, you know, fall leaf cleanups or, you know, that sort of thing. And, uh, just start to, uh, you know, target that group, uh, with those types of, uh, ads. Secondly, and, and that, um, just to step back, uh, that particular, uh, way of doing it is absolutely free. Uh, joining those uh, Facebook groups, you can, of course, you know, use Facebook targeted ads and pay for ads. And, and, you know, that's something that can be super powerful. Uh, I've only, you know, briefly looked into it, but the power that Facebook has, if you want to actually spend money on Facebook ads, like you can target right down to, um, you know, the age of the person where they live, um, you know, almost, I think even like, you know, what their income is, uh, that sort of thing. Like you can target your ads to only play to those types of people. Uh, it's actually pretty scary when you look at, uh, the amount of information that Facebook has collected, uh, on people through their profiles and all that sort of stuff. Uh, but from a marketing standpoint, you can see how uh, powerful that is, but what I'm talking about uh, with the joining of the neighborhood Facebook groups uh, and just posting ads uh, that way and also just being, um, you know, present in those groups. Like I said, when I'm uh, looking through those groups, I see lots of times where there's uh, people asking for, uh, you know, does anybody know a new good lawn care company? Does anybody know that somebody that can trim my hedge? And those are prime opportunities where you could then um, speak up, put in your uh you know, uh, two cents and say, Hey, I'm such and such from such and such company. We service your area. I'd love to come down and uh, give you a free estimate. So, you know, being very active, uh, in those uh, Facebook groups for those specific neighborhoods, uh, that you want to target. Uh, secondly, uh, you talked about going door to door and doing flyers. Uh, this, uh, has worked for me. I don't do it uh, anymore. In fact, I think I've got uh, still a bunch of boxes here behind me uh, with a ton of postcards, full color, glossy postcards that I did uh, that I printed out 
on Vistaprint, did a really good job on them, uh, made them look very, very uh, nice. Uh, I handed them out in my first and second year, uh, and then had uh, you know a whole bunch uh, left over uh, from a subsequent order, and uh, then started getting so much work that uh, I no longer went out and put uh, those flyers out. Uh, so uh, those did really, really well for me, and I just went door to door and uh, put those. Uh, flyers on those uh, doors or those postcards. Uh, so these are things you got to be, um, you know, knowledgeable of the area that you're in, uh, because I've heard that there are some rules and regulations around these uh, sorts of things. Um, I know uh, with things like um, door hangers and stuff that uh I've heard that it can be illegal to leave door hangers on some, you know, depending on where you live in certain neighborhoods or certain states, that it can be illegal to do door hangers, um, that uh, putting anything on somebody's mailbox could be illegal. Uh, here we have, um, in some areas, community mailboxes, where basically it's kind of like if you were to walk into uh, a post office and you see like the PO boxes, you see that wall of, um, you know, boxes and each one has a key. Um, we have like smaller versions of that. Like, of course, when you go to the post office, there's, you know, your traditional post office box, but for neighborhoods, uh, what they're starting to do I guess because of labor costs and stuff like that, they have what they call community mailboxes. So uh, in my particular neighborhood, um, the mailman does not, or mail carrier, does not go door to door to every house and drop off uh, mail. What they do is they drive around in a vehicle. And uh, in uh, certain parts of each neighborhood, um, there will be these community mailboxes. So there'll be, uh, uh, just this, um, stand basically, uh, on the side of the road. And it's just a big box with a whole bunch of mailboxes all in it. Uh, just like you'd see, uh, you know, a, a post office box type thing. So a bunch of, uh, basically like a post office box. <laughs> it's hard to explain, but, uh, it's actually simple at the same time. Uh, so basically imagine like a post office box, maybe instead of a wall full of them, you would have maybe uh, 20 or 30 of them, uh, together on a pedestal sort of thing on the side of the road. And each of those boxes represents one of the houses. And every homeowner has a key uh, to their specific box and you go every day uh, to the box and you open it up and, you know, open up your specific box and you get your mail out of uh, your whatever number uh, box you have. Uh, and uh, like I said, uh, you know, each one of those pedestals might represent uh, 20 or 30 houses. It might be, you know, one on each street to cover the houses on that street. Uh, so you know, the mailman just drives around each street, opens up, uh, he's got a master lock that opens up the whole unit, uh, and exposes all of the boxes and he puts in the mail and sorts it all out and puts all the mail in each of the houses, uh, where they're supposed to go, closes the big door. And then in that big door, it has all the little doors, uh, that just open up your specific box. Uh, so that's, uh, you know, here, um, a lot of people you'll see post ads onto those community mailboxes because they know that everybody is going to that community mailbox every day to check the mail. So they'll, uh, you know, tape up, um, flyers and things like that to those mailboxes. But I know in some areas that that's illegal, that you can't, um, 
you know, there's rules or laws against posting on the um, mailboxes uh, and, uh, you know, community mailboxes and things like that. In my area, I'm not sure uh, to tell you the truth what the rules are, if it's allowed or not allowed. I just see that pretty much every mailbox has some sort of flyers or things posted on it. And I have uh, in the past uh, stuck up uh, flyers and things as well. Uh on an older design mailbox that they used to have, um, there used to be this little area at the top that had like a two inch, uh, uh, inch high section by about, uh, around, you know, the sort of the length of the actual mailbox. And, uh, what I would do, uh, is I would take, uh, I would design a flyer uh, that was on an eight and a half by 11, you know, sheet of paper. And I would make the width that eight and a half, uh, you know, um, inch length. And I would make it uh, two inches uh, down um, so that, uh, you know, I could fit, you know, four of them uh, on a sheet, uh, basically. And, uh, you know, I would design the same flyer. So the, each flyer would be, uh, two inches tall by eight and a half inches wide. Uh, so I basically just have, you know, like lawn mowing, um, the website, the phone number, uh, prices starting at that sort of thing. And, uh, I would then, uh, cut them all out, uh, so that I would have these two inch by, uh, you know, 10 inch or 11 eight and a half by 11, uh, inch strips. So I'd have the two inch by 11 inch strip, uh, all separated. And then I would put them through a laminator, uh, to laminate them and protect them from, uh, you know, the weather. So they would basically be, you know, covered in plastic. Then I would cut them again, uh, so that they would be individual pieces. And what I would do is I would drive around to those mailboxes and I would use uh, a can of, uh, spray adhesive. And I would, uh, as I, you know, pulled up to the mailbox, I would just take a can of spray adhesive and just give a light coat of spray adhesive onto the back of my, uh, uh laminated little flyer there. Uh, I would wait a few seconds for it to tack up and then I would stick it on that uh, section of the mailbox. Uh, that was, uh, you know, that two and a half in, uh, inch section at the top of the mailbox and, uh, it would then adhere or stick to the mailbox. And, uh, you know, it was a laminated little flyer. It stayed, uh, nice and weatherproof, uh, had my information on there, but that, um, you know, uh, spray adhesive, uh, was, you know, it left no damage to the mailbox. So if, um, you know, a mail carrier or uh Canada post or something came along and wanted to clean the flyers, um, you know, with other people that would have tape and things like that, and they would stick it off and then there would be bits of tape stuck to the thing and it would be all messy and nasty, uh, with that, uh, I think it was 3M spray adhesive. Um, it would just, and because it was laminated, um, you know, the flyer itself wouldn't tear or anything. It would just pop right off the mailbox. And that um, spray adhesive would leave no residue on the mailbox itself. It was just uh, on the actual uh, thing. So, uh, you know, I wouldn't uh, get in any trouble or anything like that uh, for that. But that's another sort of free way that I uh, had, uh, you know, advertised or marketed uh, my company in the past. Um 
you know, and then in that uh, going door to door and having just those postcards and stuff like that, uh, one of the strategies that I used, um, you know, was making sure that if you're going door to door, that you are uh, talking to anybody that you see out. If you're not comfortable um, knocking on doors now, you know, if you can uh, drum up the courage to do that, uh, then I would say absolutely do that. Go and knock on doors door to door. Tell people that you're uh, working in the neighborhood, um, you know, maybe have a promotion for people to uh, sign up, um, to uh, give you a try, uh, and uh, that sort of thing. You see that a lot uh, when there'll be a company working in a neighborhood, and uh, if you can... If you do have customers that you work in for in that neighborhood, then I would reference those customers. Say, Hey, I'm doing, uh, Fred's house down the street. Um, you know, I'm going to be mowing that property or I have been mowing that property. Um, you know, you may have seen it, uh, as you drive by that sort of thing. Uh, and, uh, we're offering a special for, uh, you know, neighbors and that sort of stuff. So, you know, getting into that, the other strategy that I would use, uh, is, and I've talked about before is to, you know, always be scanning those properties uh, when you see people outside uh, for something that you can talk about uh, on those properties, whether it's a nice old car um, or a boat or a pet or something like that. Uh, people love to talk about um, their interests, their hobbies, their things like that. So, you know, this is a sort of a technique uh, where you're basically selling by not selling. Uh, you are just talking to the person. Uh, and I've, uh, you know, talked about how I've used this in the past successfully where, uh, for example, I think one of them uh, that I've shared is uh, where I went to a person's house and uh, the guy had his garage open and I saw a really nice old Corvette. It was like a 1966 or something Corvette in the garage. Uh, had a cover part, partly on it. You could tell this thing was, you know, absolutely beautifully restored. And, uh, the guy uh, looked at me as I walked up the driveway and asked what I wanted. And I said, Hey, I'm just dropping off a flyer for a lawn care company that I just started in the neighborhood. I live in the neighborhood, going to be doing lawn care and stuff. And he said, Oh, I don't need that. I, uh, you know, uh, just, uh, I mow my own lawn. I said, Hey, no problem. Um, uh, do me a favor. I said, um, you know, just hang on to the flyer. And, uh, if you know of anybody or you hear of anybody looking for a lawn care service, then, uh, you know, refer me. And he was still kind of a thing, but he's like, yeah, okay, that's fine. And then I said, Hey, what kind of, uh, car was that? Um, or I said, uh, what, uh, is that a 1966 Corvette? And, uh, I think I was off by a year or something like that. And, uh, you know, he said, uh, you know, what year it was. And, uh, we got into this conversation about Corvettes. Now, when I was younger, going through high school, I loved Corvettes. My dream was to own a Corvette. I had Corvette posters on my wall. I have, uh, a bunch of books on my uh, library, um, shelf behind me here on Corvettes. Um, I'm not, so much of a Corvette fan anymore. I've kind of grown out of it. I don't uh, dream about owning a Corvette anymore. Um, uh, to be frank, they really don't interest me anymore. Um, but back then they did. And I knew a lot about Corvettes. So I drew on that information about Corvettes. 
And uh, he could tell that I knew, um, you know, quite a bit about Corvettes. And I have relatives that own uh, Corvettes. And, uh, you know, I talked to him about um, those relatives uh, Corvettes uh, that were very similar in age, uh, you know, with big block motors and convertible stingrays and things like that. And I talked to him about, um, you know, the rel- my relatives Corvette and uh, we got into this long conversation about uh, the Corvettes and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, we built this, uh, you know, bit of a bond, a bit of a friendship there based around our, you know, knowledge and love of this particular automobile. And, uh, you know, that's all it takes. That's all it can take to, you know, get that like, know, and trust uh, from a person is that, you know, a few months later, you know, I went on my way. I went to go and, you know, continue, uh, after our conversation and deliver some more flyers and stuff. And I went on my way. And then a few months later, I get a call and lo and behold, it was from this Corvette guy. And he was looking for, uh, somebody to do some work around his property to trim or prune trees and stuff. And, uh, I was the guy that he called because there was that like, no, and trust. He kept my flyer. He was now, uh, you know, uh, knew a guy, you know, you always hear somebody saying, you know, you need something done. You need a plumber, you need an electrician, you need a landscaper. Hey, I know a guy, you know, I was that guy. Now I was that guy filling that spot, uh, because, you know, I wasn't just some other company. I wasn't just some, another face that he didn't know. I had invested that time talking to him about his car and we had that sort of spark, that relationship uh, built basically around that car. And we had a great conversation about that car. So when the time came where, yes, he was mowing his own lawn and stuff, but then he needed, you know, work done around his house that he didn't want to do. And, uh, I was the guy he called because he remembered it made an impression. He remembered that conversation and, uh, you know, gave me a call to do that. Subsequently, you know, referring me to other people because now he knows that guy. He knows a guy that does lawn care. He knows. So anytime somebody's going to ask him for, you know, a recommendation or know of somebody or that, you know, comes up in conversation, then you know, I'm going to be the one that comes up and gets referred to, uh, whether it's neighbors and things like that, because like I said, you've built that like, know, and trust. So always look for something that you can, like I said, a car, a boat, um, a pet, uh, children, whatever it is, uh, that you see on the property or even plants. Uh, if you see something specific or something that they've done, nice landscaping, um, or maybe a nice deck or things like that, that you can inquire, that you can talk to them about, that you can show an interest, uh, you know, in, uh, and, uh, build or start to build that relationship, uh, based on that. And it'll just, you know, uh, fill up your Rolodex, get that, uh, you know, the who you know type thing, uh, started for you specifically, um, you know, for those neighborhoods that you want to target. So that's another, uh, thing that I would do. Um, another 
you know, option uh, that you can do that I've uh, always said would be fantastic uh, is uh, participating uh, with your company name uh, in community events around that particular neighborhood. So in my, you know, uh, area that I live in, the area that I service, um, there's a lot of community events. We have a blueberry festival. We have um, a car show. There is a, uh, a Christmas light parade. There is uh, Halloween trick-or-treating uh, for the kids uh, down the main um, downtown streets uh, of the little um, sort of uh, uh, small town downtown. Um, I'm in Canada, but I would refer to it as, you know, small town USA. Um, we have a, a couple of streets here in this old uh you know, town center that I live in that are sort of the historical uh, town center. Um, and a lot of those events, the car show, the blueberry festival, um, the uh, Christmas light parade, uh, a lot of that um, revolves around that, those particular streets. Uh, we have um, a rodeo, there's a horse track. Um, so a lot of events that revolve in that specific, uh, area. And it's, you know, within five minutes of my house, uh, this uh, particular area is sort of in the heart uh, of the town. And uh, a lot of events happen in that area. So lots of opportunity to uh, join in and advertise your company. Uh, and I've actually seen, uh, I've talked about this for years um, on the podcast, and I've actually started to see a lot of uh, the competitor uh, companies starting to uh, show up at these events and doing exactly what I've been talking uh, about uh, over the years. Uh, and, um, you know, one of them... Uh, uh, is that uh, Christmas light parade where, uh, you know, during that time when the whole sort of uh, town comes out uh, to those downtown streets and all of the businesses sort of decorate their uh, company vehicles and uh, kind of build like floats and stuff that can uh, drive down the street with Christmas lights. And there's like a parade of uh, vehicles with Christmas lights and stuff. And, uh, you know, uh, they get uh, people walking alongside the cars and handing out candy canes and things like that. Uh, so that's, you know, an, an event that's sort of thing that I'm talking about that you could target a area by, you know, joining those community events with your company, uh, with your company logos and all that sort of stuff, you know, decorating a vehicle with lights in your logo and all that sort of stuff. Uh, the Halloween, uh, one is another one where, um, you know, the kids, uh, can go to the, da those two downtown streets. Like I say, it's like a small, uh, you know, uh, think, um, you know, small town USA type, uh, uh, town center type thing. Uh, and, uh, you know, they can trick or treat all of the businesses, uh, that, uh, you know, are on that street. And, uh, they'll go down one side of the street and, uh, when they get, you know, four, I think it's three or four blocks long, when they get to the end, they cross the street and then they come down the other side and the police will actually have, uh, the street closed off. So there's, it's not open to traffic. Um, so, you know, because there's so many little kids and stuff going, uh, trick or treating. So my idea was to either, um, and I actually talked to the local business improvement center president about it and he thought it was a great idea and saw it like it would be no issue to have it set up, uh, because basically it was like the more, the merrier that could join in the more, you know, local businesses that could join in. And my idea is, like I said, the, the police block off the intersection so that cars can't, so they 
they park their cars um, in the middle of the intersection to stop traffic from going, you know, down the street. So my idea was to park beside the police car blocking the street as well with my truck and trailer. So it'd be my truck and trailer blocking the street and then the police car outside of my truck and trailer. Uh, and then I would be set up because I'm a mobile business. I don't have a physical, you know, presence on that street, but because I service that whole area, I could have, um, you know, my truck and trailer there. So as kids are crossing the street to go to the other side, then I'm handing out candy there and the kids and their parents are walking right past my truck and trailer. And, you know, we're handing out candy and stuff like that. And you're directly targeting, uh, that neighborhood, uh, you know, in that, uh, respect. So a lot of the times it can be just, you know, thinking outside of the box, uh, thinking, you know, you know, those types of things. Another thing that I would do, um, if you're really, really hungry is, uh, you know, are there any uh, community centers, uh, or things like that, that, uh, specifically target that neighborhood that are in uh, that neighborhood, you know, swimming uh, pools, um, you know, fitness gyms, things like that. Do they have bulletin boards? Can you, uh, put, uh, you know, your card up in those bulletin boards? Can you put a flyer up in those bulletin boards on those community centers? What about the local library, um, that maybe services that area? What about other, um, businesses on that area? Um, maybe there's a, um, you know, a liquor store or things like that, that have a bulletin board or something, uh, that you can, uh, post up. Maybe there's one, you know, in that, uh, sort of, uh, community square or something like that. If there is one, uh, you know, in that specific area or neighborhood, uh, that you're, uh, you know, working in. So, like I said, lots of different, um, ways to target, uh, the flyers for me have worked out. The website has worked out. The other thing that is absolutely imperative, uh, and goes with, uh, the website is having Google places. Now, this is something that, uh, I should have almost talked about at the very top of the show. It's, uh, that important. Um, Google places and just, mobile, um, you know, apps in general, when people are searching, uh, most times uh, they're searching on their phones. And as, you know, time progresses, um, it's that whole search, you know, searching on Google on mobile devices is just going to get more and more and more. Now, the beauty about this is that uh, because they're searching on a mobile device, the, you know, those mobile devices are going to have GPS built into them and, uh, things like Google can use that to their advantage because they know where that person is. So if they're typing in, you know, lawn care, um, into Google, it's going to, uh, search that area because they know that where that person is from. So it's going to bring up those sort of local results. Now, the thing is with the Google places or Google, my business, uh, they've changed the name a couple times. I think it's called, uh, Google My Business now. Uh, I think it started as Google Places, but basically this is basically having a verified listing, uh, with Google for your business. Uh, and what you do is you go online, you search up uh, Google My Business. You enter your information for your business. Uh, it's absolutely free. Um, they will, you know, give you emails and things for uh, Google AdWords, uh, you know, coupons and things like that if you want to uh, use Google Ads. But uh, to have the listing is absolutely free. Uh, and basically uh, what it does is you put in your information 
They want to verify your actual physical address. Even if you're a lawn care company and you don't uh, use your address, like customers don't come to your place of business and you don't want to have that uh, on your Google places, don't worry. You can check off that this is not, um, you know, a public address uh, and uh, Google will not publish the address uh, on uh, their website. Uh, but what it does is it allows them to verify that you're a real business. So what happens is uh, once you enter your information, you hit submit and Google's going to send you a postcard to your physical address. Uh, and that postcard is going to have a code on it. Uh, once you get it after a couple weeks, you uh, log back into your Google uh, My Business account. It's going to ask you to verify it. Uh, you take that to code from that postcard, you type it in, and uh, it's going to verify. So now it's going, yes, we sent you a mail to that address that you said was your business, and you've now entered that code that was on that postcard. So now we know that you're a real business. Uh, so they uh, verify it, and uh, you know it just stops, I guess, people from spamming and saying that they have locations in you know, a bunch of different areas and stuff when they may not. Uh, so it just, uh, I guess helps, uh, in that respect. Uh, so once you're verified, then your information is on there. And anytime anybody searches, if you've ever noticed when you search for something like lawn mowing and things like that, um, above all of their sort of website search results, there's going to be a little picture of a map, one of the Google maps, uh, right at the top with the little, um, red sort of, uh, markers, uh, at the different locations with the, you know, letters like a, and one will say B and the other one will say C and that sort of thing. And right underneath that map will be a list of the what those businesses are that are marked off on that map. So A will be the top one. B will be the next one. C will be the next one uh, in line. And how this works is so if a customer is typing in lawn care uh, or lawn mowing or something like that, what Google does is they look at that person's address based on their GPS location and it will serve them those Google My Business, uh, businesses in order of proximity. So whoever, whatever business is closest to them will show up as A. The next closest will be B. The closest after that will be C. And that's how it works. And if the person moves uh, farther away and searches again, then that will be reordered. Um, if, you know, say business B is now closer than business A, then those positions will reverse. So it all depends on where that person uh, is located. So if you're targeting a specific neighborhood, especially if you uh, live in that neighborhood as well, then this can be very, very powerful because you can uh, target that neighborhood. You um, can define your service area in Google My Business, and it will only show your business to people uh, in that area that you've defined. And, uh, you know, the closer they are to you, so if they're actually living in that neighborhood and they're searching for you, especially if you're, like I said, living in that neighborhood that you're targeting, uh, then you're going to be like number one that pops up every single time because you're the closest in proximity to them. So you can see how that's a very, very powerful tool. Now, if you're, you know, don't live in that specific neighborhood, you can encompass that neighborhood in your sort of, uh, uh, you know, definition of where you work. But uh, this will be a bit more broad because it's basically like a circle. Uh, so you can expand the circle and contract a circle. But if that neighborhood's only on one side of the circle, 
it's also going to encompass every other neighborhood that falls within that circle. So, you know, uh, you, you may get, um, your, information, your company name, um, you know, distributed to people outside of the area that you actually want to target. But, um, you know, that's not uh, a huge deal, um, you know, specifically because you're starting out a business and you want to uh, build up clients and, you know, in the first place as well. So the two absolute musts that I would say you would have to do is, you know, if you can spend a little bit of money uh, is to have a website for your business. Um, and, uh, because like I said, number, you know, if you're using any of these things, the, uh, Facebook, uh, Google, my business and stuff, they're all going to have a spot for your website. And like I said before, the natural progression for people is to, uh, click on, uh, you know, that information to look at it and look for your website. Uh, once they're on there and they'll, you know, there'll be a link, uh, there that they can click on and go to your website. You can get some free websites to get started and stuff if you want as well. Uh, but I would invest, uh, some money into, um, you know, getting an actual, uh, you know, paid website so that you can have your domain name, uh, you know, your company.com, um, you know, with the actual company name and .com, uh, instead of, uh, some generic, you know, free websites.com slash, uh, you know, uh, user sites slash, and then your company name, some, you know, big useless uh, URL that nobody's going to ever remember to type into a, a search engine or anything like that. Um, so I would, uh, do that. I would look for uh, WordPress, uh, especially if you've never uh, done a website yourself. If you want to save some money, you can uh, build your own website using WordPress. Uh, very easy to do. I taught myself to do it. Uh, I've got videos on uh, how to build a website from scratch with WordPress, uh, on, uh, my YouTube channel. Uh, and, uh, you can get website hosting for as little as $3 a month, um, that I've seen. So, you know, uh, very, very inexpensive to have a website, to have, uh, you know, uh, your, um, you, your own URL so that it's your company.com type of a name. Um, and, uh, you know, things like those plugins, uh, like JotForm and stuff that I use to automate the process where people can enter their information and all that sort of stuff for free estimates is all for free. Like I can, I do all of that. The only thing I actually pay for on my website, um, is, uh, I pay for the uh, actual website hosting. Uh, and then the domain name, uh, so that I own that, uh, particular, uh, you know, my company name.com. Uh, and, uh, you know, when you're looking at it that way, it's very, very cheap. And then all of the other solutions, uh, that I've, um, you know, sort of talked about in this uh, episode are uh, all free. Uh, and a lot of it, like I said, is just being creative, just being thinking outside the box. If you don't have the budget to spend, uh, I've talked about doing other things like, uh, parking my truck and trailer, um, on a weekend, on a Saturday, uh, at a Home Depot near the garden center. Uh, because on, you know, that spring and summer season, the garden center is humming at those Home Depots. It's so busy. Uh, and, uh, you know, you can have uh, some free advertising there. Uh, just, you know, parking your truck there and even just leaving your truck there, park it there, go shopping for a bit, 
maybe get somebody else to pick you up and, uh, you know, go uh, do some other shopping or whatever you want to do and then come back for your uh, vehicle later. And all those people coming out, uh, those, uh, you know, do it yourselfers coming out with their plants and stuff and thinking that they're, uh, you know, gonna, um, uh, slay the day, uh, with their stuff. And then they, you know, will see your vehicle nice and prominent with your logos and all that sort of stuff. And, uh, you could even have cards and stuff on the window, uh, that people People can take and uh, you never know, right? People there get home, get into a project and start to see that it's a lot more work than they anticipated, hear about it all the time. And then, uh, you know, they're calling you to, uh, you know, do that sort of thing. So another thing you could target, uh, you know, those types of things. If there's a Home Depot, uh, you know, in that or just outside of that specific neighborhood where you know that the people that uh, are uh, uh, shopping at that store are uh, from that specific neighborhood, um, you know, a lot of different ways that you can go about and target uh, those uh, uh, areas and those homes in that neighborhood. Um, you know, once you get customers in that neighborhood, another thing that I would do is make lawn signs uh, for that neighborhood. I would maybe, um, you know, if you have especially a prominent property that may be a corner lot or something like that, um, offer the customer a discount. Uh, on their specific uh, lawn care uh, for every month that they, uh, you know, let you have a sign, uh, you know, in their garden beds or something like that, that can be uh, uh, seen um, just to, uh, you know, have your name out there uh, and uh, get people, uh, you know, familiar with your branding, um, being professional, being uh, dressing the part, uh, having everything in place, especially if it's a prominent neighborhood like that, credit card payments and things like that, having it all set up uh, with all of your um, invoices and all that stuff, just, you know, making sure that, um, you know, once that person does call you, that, uh, you can walk the walk to, uh, you know, get up there and do it. it there's no sense in targeting those, uh, higher end neighborhoods. Like you say, you want to, um, and then show up in a beat up old pickup truck, uh, with uh, dirty ripped clothes, um, you know, and just having that sort of image because a lot of those people, um, more affluent people, you know, may not be comfortable, uh, hiring somebody that looks like that, regardless of whether it's right or wrong. Um, having somebody, uh, you know, show up in a sort of 1-800-got-junk sort of image, a nice clean, uh, you know, truck and trailer with uniforms and things like that um, is what those, um, you know, more affluent uh, type customers uh, will uh, like better. Uh, and uh, I've seen uh, that firsthand where customers have told me uh, firsthand uh, just that my image um, that they can tell and trust me right away because of the image uh, of the company that they know I'm not a fly by night that they, um, you know, I've had a customer, uh, literally say, uh, as they are handing me their credit card, uh, they kind of pause and say, this is crazy. I've only known you for five minutes and I'm already handing you my credit card. Uh, but I can tell by your uh, uniforms and your truck and trailer, uh, that you're not going anywhere. Uh, so you want to instill that trust, but uh, a lot of it is just thinking outside the box. Uh, as far as, uh, you know, doing that marketing, um, without uh, a specific budget. 
So uh, good luck to you. Thank you again, uh, Jeremy, for the question. Uh, best of luck uh, to you uh, in your business and uh, with, uh, uh, you know, the divorce and all of that. Uh, hopefully uh, this information that I provided today uh, will uh, help you out. So uh, that's it for this one, guys. Here's to wishing you guys all overwhelming success and freedom in your lawn care business. Bye for now.